As the worlds of culture, storytelling, and technology collide, so too do the best and brightest minds within them. Welcome to Select Conversations, a podcast series brought to you by United Masters. This episode features a conversation on the intersection of cultural influence and commercial success with Translation's Executive Director of Engagement Planning, Joel Rodriguez, superstar rapper ASAP Ferg, Editor-in-Chief of Hypebeast, R.B. Lee, and Director of Global Brand Narrative at Reebok, Frank the Butcher. Are you looking for a great option to bank or invest? Ally Financial is a leading digital financial services company with passionate customer service and innovative financial solutions. They are relentlessly focused on doing it right and being a trusted financial services provider to both customers and communities. Get with Ally to make the most of your money so you can save, invest, and spend on the things that matter to you. Go to ally.com for more information. That's A-L-L-Y dot What's good, everybody? Welcome to SelectCon, presented by United Masters. My name is Joel Rodriguez. You are now watching Culture and Commerce. So for those who don't know, United Masters has a partner agency called Translation. That's where I work, also founded by Steve Stout. We do all the big ad campaigns for brands like Beats, AT&T, 1800, State Farm, The Knicks, and many more. Today, I'm joined by a highly esteemed group of industry leaders and gentlemen who push culture forward, each in their own regard. Starting with my man, my good friend, Frank Rivera, a.k.a. Frank the Butcher, producer, owner of BAU Public Peaceworks, and director of Global Brand Narrative and Product Communications over at Reebok. Next up, we've got R.B. Lee joining us all the way live from Hong Kong. R.B. is the Vice President of Strategy and Editor-in-Chief at Hypebeast. R.B., welcome and good morning, sir. Thank you. Good morning. And last but certainly not least, we've got multi-platinum recording artist, entrepreneur, designer, the anthem man himself, ASAP Ferg, Fergenstein. What up, man? What's going on? How you feeling? Well, feeling great, feeling great. Guys, welcome. This is going to be a great conversation. Um, I'm really excited for the perspectives that we have at the table. Just looking at this group, you know, it's, it's very rare to bring these types of minds where we could represent the voice of the artists, the voice of creators, the voice of brands, and the voice of media all in one place. So. For today, what we're going to focus on is the relationship between artists, brands, and media. And how do we even make brand deals happen between artists? And there's no better group of people to talk about that than the individuals on the call now. Guys, so the first question I want to open up with is, what is the value of brand partnerships in the careers of artists today? If you think about it, there was once a time where promoting a product or working with a brand painted you as a sellout. But it seems like the dynamics have changed and the relationship between brands, artists, and the way fans are reacting to it has changed. Arby, I'd love for you to kick us off and get your thoughts on, on that paradigm shift. What's, what's your perspective on it? Yeah, I think uh, throughout the past few years, we've definitely seen a massive increase of brands working with artists um, and creatives alike within the definitely cultural realm. And it's really exciting, probably, you know, the audience and consumers to see, you know, two brands bringing something to the table and creating something unique, whether it's from different fields or similar fields as well. And um, I, I definitely think probably the stigma of that, um, 
you know, like a brand teaming up with um, another artist, etc., has definitely gone away throughout the years as long as something unique is created. And um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's really just about creating the best product for the audience and showing different uh, perspectives on it. Like, um, you know, two minds or three minds, et cetera, is better than one on that. So, Ferg, what's your, what's your take on it? Well, you know, with me, I've experienced uh, working on a few different things. Uh, firsthand experience with Revlon, partnering up with them to do stuff. Um, Tiffany's, uh, Adidas, and Hennessy, uh, Babe. When it comes down to working with these brands, I feel like it's an extension of myself. You know, that you can't really express through the music. Sometimes, like, you could... You could definitely articulate, you know, flexing through a song or whatever the case may be. But then visually, people will want to see that. So whenever you get to partner up with a brand like Hennessy or, you know, we love Jewelry, Tiffany's, um, they can definitely add to your story that you're trying to tell visually. And um, I think that when it has like a great, it's a great marriage when your brand is really uh authentic in that way where it's like you could collaborate with these things you talk about and you can um partner up with them so you know especially i've i've benefit i've benefited off like hennessy uh you know sponsoring videos or um you know uh babe doing collabs with them to tell like a clothing story you know um so i just feel like it's great to tell a story beyond just sonically Visually, it's great to tell that story, like lifestyle perspective. Dope, dope. Frank, what's your take on it? Yeah, to, to add on to that, I, I think that it's the vehicle, right? It's it's the vehicle for a company to, to connect in a meaningful way with the consumer, right? It's 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 only so much a company can can uh, design, so much as a company can engineer in terms of a message. If there isn't a bridge into the consumer that feels right, that that feels meaningful, that that there's a connectivity, that there's an authenticity, um, doesn't matter how good the product is, you know. So I think that the benefit on, on the company side is working with people who are authentic in their own brand, right? Who have a voice, who have a point of view, right? And if we can find an intersection that really makes sense, but we can find a strategy that that helps amplify what we're doing with, say, Ferg's authenticity. To me, that's the best kind of scenario. Not every scenario does that. Sometimes it's more about product. We lean in one direction. We lean in the seating. You know, sometimes we pull the levers that we think might activate, right? And we feel that would be the best variables for success. But really, it's just about connection. And the best way to connect with the consumer is to connect with people who connect with the consumer, plain and simple. And when it's done right, and when it's done with, you know, being mindful of, of that organic, authentic, you know what I mean, connection, then it really resonates. All great points. Ferg, I want to circle back to something you were hitting on. Um, just always been curious about your approach to partnerships. So whether it's Hennessy or Tiffany's or Revlon or Redline, even Adidas and Bape, right? There's a, there's a great juxtaposition in the brands that you, you choose to work with. Um, how do you approach those deals? Do you treat them like their song features? Is there like an equivalency between the way you treat brand deals and the way you would work with an artist? I would compare. I could compare uh, a brand deal to like uh, my closet. Like when you go in my closet, you're gonna see some 
um, Rick Owens. You're going to see some Margella. You're going to see some streetwear up in there. You're going to see some Nikes. You're going to see some elite boots. It's a mixture of, you're going to see some Pele Pele's, like old Mark Buchanan leather jackets. It's just a mixture of my style and my taste, the nuances that I bring um, to, and the flavor that I bring. And I, and I like to do that through music. I like to do that through my personal style. And I like to do that with my partnerships. So I always wanted to be unique. I always wanted to be classic. And um, I just always wanted to stand the test of time. And I don't, I don't do anything that I feel like is not going to have some type of legacy. I think that's important. So it's, it's not just about the bag, right? Right. Definitely not just about the bag. I mean, I get so many opportunities to just get a bag for stuff, but I feel like I tell a lot of artists as well, like there's certain things that I've done in my, my career, like very little, where it's like, you know, I thought that I could make the brand cool. Like if I did it, like they just had a lot of money and, you know, if I design and do some stuff, it can make it cool. But it's just like, you know, it's kind of hard to get yourself out of that because you don't want too many um, detrimental images of yourself and just moves made to go out in the public and people get the wrong perspective of you. You want them to automatically get you. You don't want to, because that's like deterring them from like what you really are trying to put out to the public. So if you want to, if you got class and you want to promote class and this, that, and the third, you you can't go and do a collab or a partnership with a trash brand because people are not going to receive it that way just because they got a lot of money. You can make a lot of money, but then you'll be just looking cheesy. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a misalignment, kind of like what Frank was talking about earlier. Um, right. Word. Which brings me over to Frank. Um, I want to talk about you, man, your work. You've been doing this for a long time, connecting artists and brands and just doing it in a real genuine way. I would love for you to walk us through the main ingredients for getting a collaboration right. And on top of that, what can artists do to get on a brand's radar? Because I, I think, you know, to Ferg's earlier point, it is a new revenue stream. It's not just about the record deal, you know, and you could express yourself through a brand's platform. So we'd love to hear a little bit about, again, the ingredients of getting a partnership right and also how an artist could get on a brand's radar. You know, in, in terms of ingredients, when, when I'm, I've been on both sides of the equation, right? I've been the partner and I've been the person who's been seeking out partners or, or you know, managing a partnership, right? Um, I think the most, and I, and I might've mentioned it in the, last, in the last answer, but I think the most important thing is point of view. You know, I think Ferg said it, right? If he, if he receives a, 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 a large, you know, fee, for working with a brand that doesn't quite connect, right? The ethos don't line up. Like I think the consumer is is so smart and so educated, right? I mean, nothing's a secret. Everything is transparent. So it's quickly deemed that is not right. That don't feel right. Yeah, the celebration of the artist getting the bag and the celebration of of, of the of the opportunity is like one separate thing. But did it resonate? Did it feel right? Did it, did it feel as if um you know? It just needs to connect. And I think the most important thing when, when, when reaching out and working with an artist is, is there an authentic connection, right? It doesn't matter what they do in, 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 in the, the, you know, the spectrum of talents and the spectrum of styles, but is there an authentic connection? Does it make sense? Because the worst thing that happens is we put this whole thing in motion and no one believes it. I don't, I don't find success. The partner doesn't find success. Nobody wins. 
right? And what that does is takes the steam out of the momentum. It takes the steam out of what what could have been. Yeah. So I've always been conscious of that. You know what I mean? I've always been conscious of when I'm discussing a partnership with a person, I want to make sure we do right for them too. You know what I mean? And I think that's an added responsibility, you know, for a person of color in this industry. It's like that added, you know what I mean? Just that thing that I'm always keeping running in the back of my mind where it's more about the bag, you know, because I want to make sure that the person that I'm working with is paid fairly and competitively, of course. But I don't want to sacrifice what they've built, you know what I'm saying? And what we built and what we can build together for the sake of a partnership just to satisfy. I mean, there's a lot of variables, right? You know, these these artists mean a lot to these brands. Markets, look at it, right? I mean, you know, press, PR, there are a lot of components attached to a good partnership. And when it's not done with the partner in mind, right, and making sure that that partner aligns in an authentic way with us, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't feel authentic, you know? So for me, when I'm working with an artist, that's step number one. Does it work? How you feel about this, right? Are you contorting to... You know what I mean? Uh, fit the deal, or does it work? Does it feel good, right? And as far as being on a radar, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions, right? Is I think that if you're doing your thing, if you're present, and if you're passionate in what you're doing, and if you're executing at the level that you should be executing your vision at, I think that rises to the top. There's a lot of white noise. There's a lot of brands, and you can categorize them. You can stick a bunch of brands in a box that kind of look the same, but you you know who the leader in that category is because they're present, they're innovative, they're pushing forward, and that's what we look for in brand partnerships. We need someone that will push forward. You know, we we know what it is. We know what's on the trend. We know we know we know the cycle, but who's pushing it forward? Who's innovating? You know, and that's on me and that's on the partner to figure that out. It's on, it's on us to make sure that we don't just take the easy way out for the opportunity. It's that additional pressure. Yeah. People talk about for the culture and people talk about, you know, there's, there's a lot of, right? Really for the culture means that we're really mindful of getting this right. We're really respectful of our partnerships and making sure that they're fair and they're authentic. That's doing it for the culture. The money's the money. Right. The paper's the paper. The bread is gone, but... The situation stays, right? The scenario continues to live. So to me, it's about being authentic, you know? Um, and, and that's that's basically it, you know? Well put, well put, Frank. To that point about connections, Arby, you play a very, very important role here, considering that you have the power, you have the, the scale of a global platform, a highly respected one like Hypebeast. Um, you know, I, I want you to talk a little bit about, A, your rise within the, the company, right? Like you started at the intern level and I think rising up to the VP and editor-in-chief just says a lot about your character, but also about what dictates who gets on the Hypebeast platform or who doesn't. You know, what what is it that helps you make the call for what artists or what brand partnerships should actually get that shine on the platform? Yeah, um, you know, I joined about seven years ago. It's literally my first job out of after graduating university. So I, I think I've found myself in a very lucky position where I get to do what I enjoy every day, which I think um, is probably one of the yeah most grateful things I am for. You know, like throughout the years, we've definitely really put the emphasis on the product at the end of the day for our audience. What really gets determined um, to go on the website or anything we cover is really ultimately if it's a good product and it's what people want as well. I think the everything, all the marketing materials, et cetera, behind it is definitely important as well, what the messaging is bringing along to the table 
whether it's adding something new, whether it's pushing conversations forward. But ultimately, at the end of it, I think the consumers are very smart enough to understand that it's about them purchasing the product at the end of the day. So if that, you know, if the messaging and everything could all be really, really great. Um, but everyone is so spoiled for choice nowadays as well that why should they be, you know, spending their money on this particular product if it doesn't quite hit the mark for them as well? If it's something similar to what they've seen before, I don't think any kind of like um, partnership or anything could really supersede that, um, you know, that thought process of purchasing that. Definitely, um, yeah, you've seen, you know, I, I think we're very fortunate enough as well on the website to have such an open um, comment section in how, you know, consumers view like what our product is. And a lot of time um, it is like you can see the, the audience is very educated and know what's out there already. So I, I, th- I think a lot of, um, yeah, these partnerships and everything definitely need just really hit the mark on the product side of things because at the end of the day, you are trying to get consumers to be spending money and buying into something. All great points. Um, cool. I got a, a, a question. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. This is for the full, the full crew. So we've been hearing this term. It's called multi-hyphenate. And it's basically this new buzzword in the industry, especially in advertising, when it comes to brands and how they want to work with talent. And basically what that means is a multi-hyphenate is somebody who's not a one-trick pony. They could do a bunch of different things. So whether you're, again, an artist, producer, engineer, scientist, whatever, it's all about you know being more than just one-dimensional. I want to ask you guys, do you think that artists of today, young artists coming up right now, should they pursue multiple passions at the same time in parallel? Or should they focus on mastering one thing before they try to take on more? Ferg, we'd love to start that off with you. Um, it's so funny because I, uh, I'm one of those artists that I feel like um, you're talking about when it comes down to being multifaceted. Um, when I first started in music, I never, I never thought or dreamed to be like a huge rap star or nothing like that. Like I went to art and design high school. My major was fashion and, and fine arts. And um, yeah, I always knew how to rap. I would battle rap in the streets, but I wasn't like, you know, trying to get a deal or anything like that. So I started off like printing t-shirts with my dad who did the Bad Boy logo and the Uptown uh, logo for Andre Harrell. And so we already had like an art background and I was doing like a lot of stuff in fashion. I just happened to make it rapping. But what I seen worked for me was, all right, I can't tell everybody that I'm doing all of these things at one time because then they're not going to take me serious for anything. They're like, oh, he does everything. Uh, so I had this card that one time I said, yo, I designed jewelry, I silkscreen, uh, the only thing that was missing was I could do backflips. I I put everything on that card. <laughs> and Rocky told me something super important. He was like, that card has too many things on it. You need people to focus on one thing. So when I got serious with making music, I let people, because people that knew me for designing and making t-shirts didn't know I was making music. So I didn't tell them that part. I would, wow. They just knew me hmm. for silk screening shirts and making belts. I would, they knew me as the belt dude. I was making like these custom belts. And um, then they heard work. And that was like my come out as a rapper moment. And um, 
that's how I wanted him to find out. Even like when my father doing a bad boy logo for Diddy, I never asked him like, yo, help me or hear my tape or my CD or whatever the case may be. I just let him discover that I was doing what I was doing. And I actually got a call from him, which was like an hour long on my first tour with Juicy J, my first solo tour with Juicy J. He congratulated me. He was like, you didn't ask me for anything. It's super, super impressive. If you need anything, just that wow. and a third. So I, I always understood that um, just focus on one thing and then soon I will be able to design sneakers with Adidas and do all of the other stuff that my background inquires. So I say focus yeah. on one thing first and then, you know, just you being you and naturally being into things, you're going to be attracted to those partnerships that you will gain and your run. Yeah, very, very well put. Kind of let the work speak for itself, right? But keep that focus. Um, Frank, yes. love to hear your thoughts. And then Arby, if you could close us out on that. You know, it's funny. I, I hear that, right? I hear the term multi-hyphenate and it's just like a, a new way to express old things, right? Because we all, we're always multi-hyphenated, right? Like, especially coming out of hip hop and coming from the environments we come from, nobody did one thing. Right. You, you, you know what I mean? You knew how to dress. That was a passion. You knew how to, you know, draw or write graffiti. That was a passion. You knew how to do it, it. These things were all components of a larger expression. You know what I'm saying? And, and obviously some are better at some of those components. Right. Maybe the music flows to the top or the fashion flows to the top. But I think that expression is expression. You know what I mean? And and, and it all comes from the same place. Right. I think the one thing that you do need to realize is that when you, it's like putting a bunch of devices on the same Wi-Fi, right? You just make sure you have the capacity, make sure you have the, the creative space to accommodate for all those expressions, right? I mean, that's really the key. But when they do, and when people do, you know, off and running, you know, I, I feel, I feel that, um, the reason why we need to come up with a title for it now, because we have to figure out, we as an industry, right, have to contend with artists who are not just showing up for the pitches anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, yo, here's the sneaker. You know what I mean? Stand right here and hold the thing like this. Right, right. And let's go. I think that there's a there's a total collective vision that comes with the artist. And that's what brings about that multi-hyphenation definition, right? Where we understand, like, yo, Ferg's going to show up. And he's not just going to hold the shoe. You know what I'm saying? This is a total experience. This is a total expression. And I think that when we grow like that, we sharpen all those tools. And when we're in these conversations, you know, it's funny. I've done so many things, right? I, a list of I, my car would be the same, right? So many. And I started to realize that categorizing it was the problem. To me, it was just all expression. And when I'm doing the sneaker, when I'm designing the sneaker, I'm totally present in designing the sneaker. When I'm designing a sneaker, I, I am there. You know what I mean? And when I'm, when I'm you know, uh, developing some language for a campaign, I, I'm totally present in that. That's really the difference, right? It's not the quantity of time, it's the quality of time. And if you have the quality of time, and if you have the bandwidth and the, you know, and, and, and the wherewithal to get all that done, I feel like the, that expression is, is part of the complete package. And I, and I appreciate that type of perspective. You know? Very, very well put. Harvey, you want to close us out on that thought? Uh, yeah, I think throughout the years, um, everyone, everything has probably become very disassembled nowadays as well. And it's more easier than ever to showcase what other things you can do in the world. But I also very much agree you can be doing everything but nothing at the same time as well. 
So letting, you know, like one of those actions or uh, strengths of like expression um, and finding your kind of niche on things. Because, yeah, you can also be very interested in everything, but are you necessarily the best in a certain thing that you are interested in as well? So highlighting, you know, like everything maybe is very confusing. I think a lot of like putting categorizations into certain things to make it easier for the thought process on things. So having something that you are more or less like a, a specialist in probably is easier for people to understand. It's like, oh, you're, you know, you can be an artist, a designer, um, maker of things, uh, graffiti artist, etc. as well. But I think for a lot of people nowadays, although it is becoming much more, I think, acceptable that you do do everything nowadays. But um, yeah, still, I think in people's minds, like, um, you know, well, just in the general person's mind, it's very easy, much easier to think through things when there are categorizations, although you think slowly over time, they'll probably become disassembled completely. Great points. Great points. Guys, this is about to come to a wrap. It's been an amazing conversation so far. A lot of jewels dropped, a lot of great perspective. Um, I do want to offer up the floor to everybody on the panel to kind of close it out with one final thought. There's one thing I guys, I want you guys to keep in mind, and it's the audience right now. There's thousands of young and independent artists watching us have this conversation. With them in mind, what is the last thing that you want to leave them with? Floor is open to whoever wants to take it. I could start off by saying for all the artists out there, whether you're um, all mediums, fashion, uh, art, um, visuals, rapping, singing, I just say be innovative, um, be yourself. That's the best way you can be because right now it's a lot of stagnancy in hip hop. It's a lot of stagnancy in clothing. A lot of stuff is looking the same. So I think it's our jobs as artists to, you know, them bags is going to come, them huge bags is going to come, but we have to maintain the integrity of the art and we have a duty to, to, to make sure we paint the world our colors. Great point. Arby, you got a closing thought? Yeah. Um, I'll say my, um, closing thought is really focused on your self own work. I think nowadays it's so easy to be discovered. We're more connected now than ever that I think putting your mind into becoming discovered, like, um, for your work, um, over your actual work, it's definitely something we're seeing very much on the rise because one day like discovered, like for your work as one, well, I think you want to be ready for that time when you are discovered as well. So, Ultimately, it's really about focusing on your own craft and, you know, encouraging others and sharing to the world what, what you can bring to the table as well. Understanding your audience and understanding that, you know, like, um, what, what are you actually bringing something new to the table? You know, has it been done before? Has it, is it actually creating a better vision for the consumer compared to something they've experienced before? So, Frank, bring us home, man. What's your, your closing thoughts for the audience? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that all, all well said. I think that I think my best bit of advice is, you know, stop measuring yourself. You know, stop stop dancing outward, right? Like be present in your work. You know, I think too too much energy gets put on the discovery component. You want to be discovered. You want to you want to get attention. I think that that takes away from the strength of your work. If you if you 
are present in your work and if you are looking to innovate it. Like, and I'm not talking about, you know, I'm talking about for real. I'm talking about look at it. What haven't you done? Where can you push it? That energy is attracted. That is what's going to, that the, the universe will start. You know what I mean? Sending it your way when you are present in that way, when you're honest and then you're inside of your work. So I think while there is obviously a strategy in, in the business mind and, and, and people who are applying real thought to try to find a path to success, but don't let that eclipse the fact that the work needs to be good. And the only way to work is good is if you're present. And if you're busy measuring yourself, if you're busy looking out to what's happening over there, these companies already see what's happening out there. So for you to 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 join up with the rodeo and do the same as everybody else is not really in, in, in you know, a productive, you know, it's not productive in, in the, in the discovery, right. Plan. Right. Okay. So I think that's the trick. I think a lot of people feel you need to fall in line to get noticed. And I think it's quite the opposite. I think if you're present in your work and you're honest with it, I think that, you know, um, tends to, things tend to work out. You know, I, I really believe that. I, I believe that when, when you're working and you're passionate about what you're doing and you're not giving too much energy to uh, the measurement of how you're doing versus the next man, things tend to work out. You know, so I, I say just keep on track. Love what you do. You know what I mean? Know what you're doing it for. You know, and if it's the bread, cool, it's the bread, but that's going to only take you so far. You know? Perfectly put. All right, guys. Well, again, I'm Joel Rodriguez for United Masters Select Con. This was Culture and Commerce with R.B. Lee, Frank the Butcher, and ASAP Ferg. Peace, y'all. Thank you. Peace. Yeah.